Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host Matt, and I'm here with Vivek, Bryant, and G for this episode of the show. Worlds have officially collided. Chris Paul is now a warrior. We get reactions from Warriors fans and Chris Paul fans alike on the stunning trade that brings CP3 to the Bay. Plus, we recap some other big trades already made, as well as preview an upcoming NBA free agency that's sure to bring more drama. Today is June 25th, 2023, and this is episode 104 of the show. I'm still kind of in shock of uh, the events that transpired on Thursday. Pretty insane. So much so that, yeah, we were brought back out of basically uh, a pseudo break because we had to report on this, obviously. There's no way we weren't like, going there's to. There's no way we could avoid it. Yeah, we can't ignore it's it like the, yes. like the Nuggets winning the finals, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that we, happened, huh? Yeah. Bigger news, bigger <laughs> news, bigger news. Bigger news ahead. The Lakers. Congrats Denver, obviously, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to the show, guys. It's been a minute, but we are back, and we're ready to cover the NBA free agency, the offseason, the real uh, kind of storylines of the NBA season. And it starts with a really, really big one, guys, especially for this podcast, because Chris Paul affectionately named Christopher on this show, is headed to the Warriors Amazing. in a trade that involves Jordan Poole, our much maligned, uh, also on the podcast. Not maligned and, at all. Not oh, maligned. Let's be very clear maligned. about that. Truth. A, Full oh, truth. Population no, 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 you. No, no. <laughs> population me, everybody else now, because we don't have to hide it anymore, guys. Jordan we Poole don't sucks, have to hide it? And no. he's gone. <laughs> he is gone for CP3, Christopher Emmanuel Paul. What a I great trade. Name. <laughs> what a great trade. Oh, my God. Well, so for, those, guys. for those of you who are not familiar with you know, anything regarding this podcast, this is your first episode ever listening. We do a lot of NBA podcasts on here. And uh, me, Bryant, and Vivek, and Dylan, who's not on the show today, he really wished he could be. We, he, we're all Warriors fans here, right? We're all Warriors fans. Uh, G, somehow, is a Chris Paul fan. He's a player. Who fan in the right man is a Chris Paul fan? Yeah. Out of all the players he could stand, Christopher and, uh, Emmanuel Paul. He's a goat. And of all, like, we've had a lot of years on this podcast already. So we've already seen GB a Rockets fan, a Thunder fan, a Phoenix fan. He was a Washington fan, I guess, for a week. And now, <laughs> uh, now he's a Warriors fan, which is completely uh, jarring to us, honestly. Now we're all on the same page here, I guess. Like, I guess next season we're all Warriors fans. We're all together, time. one big happy family. <laughs> oh, my Just God. completely unified. Like, <laughs> I, that's so weird because also, I mean, Vivek has made fun of the fact that, you know, Chris Paul has not performed in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, the Warriors getting Chris it. Paul is like us taking in the stray dog quest in other home and it was about to get euthanized <laughs> in the shelter, bro. Anyway. That's just like a horrible on. take. Like, I know there's such thing as bad that, takes, yeah. but then, like, what you just said, Viv, is, like, a horrible take. I guess I guess you're not going to let up on your Chris Paul hate, even when he's a warrior. I have so many conflicting feelings about this, because I want to talk so much of shit on Chris Paul, but... Makes sense for the warrior to, no. for, to go out and get him, though. We can get the terms of the trade in first before we're talking about the specifics. Yeah, let's yeah. go ahead, Matt. So, Chris Paul... Went to the Warriors and uh, as well as the 57 pick in the 2023 draft, 
which was Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana, which I think is kind of underrated. And then um, the Warriors sent Ryan Rollins, who was a second-round pick last year, Patrick Baldwin Jr., who was a first-round pick last year, the 2024 second-round pick, 2030 top 20 protected first-round pick, as well as the centerpiece of the trade, Jordan Poole. So uh, a lot of moving pieces here. I think the biggest takeaway from the Warriors' side is that uh, this is a big move, obviously, but it also means that they got rid of a lot of young players and, you know, for a very, very old player, mind you, and I believe a 39-year-old Chris Paul. And I think Chris Paul is moving to the bench, probably, yes, right? Most likely. <laughs> Can we agree on One that for hope. a second? Because yeah. I don't want Ordell <laughs> coming off the bench for Christopher. Let's be real I about mean, that. I've been seeing that graphic where, you know, Curry moves to shooting guard position and then you bring in cp christopher here no, as point no, no, guard no, no, no. but no that you they're just too small man it's just two like six footers on the court at the same i mean i'm sure that lineup is going to be a local bar station have more defense than curry and chris paul if they both played backcourt it would not happen yeah, that, yeah. that's a problem one of them has to go to the bench no because probably most likely going to be chris paul yes. yeah yeah okay so you can agree on that right yeah I was afraid. Yeah, we can agree that wouldn't. Paul's probably going to be the backup, presumably. And I think that Chris Paul, in his post-trade interview, even mentioned that he's willing to do whatever it takes to help the team win. So I'm pretty sure that he being 38, 39, pretty much at the twilight of his career, um, really at almost midnight, really, when it comes to Chris Paul's career, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, um, mm-hmm. he's willing to do whatever it takes to get a ring at this point. And if he wants to get backpack. And Wait, what do you mean he wants to do? He got fucking it. traded, bro. Are you are, are you high? Did he sign with the Warriors? Like he's not just pick, you know the Warriors happen, picked him. Right? He didn't pick the Warriors, bro. Like it, I'm I not saying it's a bad trade. No I'm not saying what. not do it or anything like that. But like the way you make things sound, Viv, is just like your personal bias is just you know adding on to your horrible takes here. Like you know. Yeah, well, I get, also yeah, like Chris Paul. I get, I get, I get, I get, I get your hatred for him, bro. But you know, like at the end of the day, like what do we give up for Chris Paul? That's the question. Someone that got punched it? in his face and wasn't gonna go and want to be a warrior. That was the problem. That wasn't oh, let's go get Chris Paul because Jordan Poole was not performing. It's because Jordan Poole had problems with Draymond Green, and you have to pick Draymond over Jordan Poole. So to do that, you have to trade Jordan Poole. It didn't. It didn't be fixed at any point. So you had to go see what was available. Now, could they have gotten something else or something else like that? That's a great conversation. But what they got was what they got, and they got Chris Paul, and that's they went out and got him. Like you know what I mean? It's not like you're saying, oh, you know, he's front front running or he's trying to ring chase. I'm sure he's trying to get a ring. Like no shit, he's ring chasing. But he didn't pick the Warriors to like, oh, let me sign a, with the Warriors for a one year, five million dollars. No, you know, like he got traded from the Suns. He never said he wanted to leave the Suns. And then they traded him to Washington, and then you guys, or the Warriors, picked him up. And so it's like, I don't know. We should pop putting out these false narratives, right? I think that, gee, I do agree with the point that the Warriors ended up getting out and getting Christopher. But the fact of the matter is, it's a paltry return for Jordan Poole. Because, listen, I do agree that ultimately came down to Draymond versus Poole after the whole punch debacle essentially what happened is that you know the relationship never really recovered the same way and even though Draymond tried to make efforts in reconciling their relationship and trying to build a bridge it was really clear that that had burned 
Now the question that I really think where this whole kind of debacle and situation had come about where Dunleavy failed as a GM is could he get a better return for Jordan Poole, a person that averaged 20 points per game, was a very proven playoff performer last season, not including this past season's playoffs, but you know during the 2022 championship run. I think that we could have definitely gotten better players out there. And also Dunleavy even mentioned the day prior to the trade in a conference during his GM introductory press conference that he wanted to keep around Jordan Poole for four more years. Obviously, well, he's that not going to openly. That yeah, was, that was the case. That was straight up a lie. That was yeah. that was straight up just a lie. Obviously, as a GM, you can't necessarily tip your cards like that. But for someone that had the potential that Jordan Poole has, you know, you would hope to get a better return. And listen, I love Jordan Poole, but if you have to trade him for a better player, i.e., like a Siakam or a Porzingis of some sort, right? Then obviously, as last season proved during the twenty twenty three postseason. We aren't able to win with the two-timeline core. We had to abandon it completely. You can't waste Steph Curry's prime. And, you know, a top 10 player ever doesn't just fall on every team's lap. You have to maximize and go all in with the chips you have now. So I get the idea of trading Poole. Although it's disappointing as it is to say, um, if you can get a better piece for him, go get him. They did. But I don't think that better piece is Christopher. <laughs> Bro, they did. Because what the problem is, what you're not talking about is why they went and got Christopher or Chris Paul, whatever you want to call him, is because you gotta say it. You is, said it now. Is because when Curry's off the court, the team fucking sucks. It is Curry and the Warriors. It's not. It's not the big three. It's not Clay. It's not Dre. They don't really do much as they did before. It's Curry and then the Warriors. You know, so Wiggins might be the second best player on the team. So what the problem is is that when Curry he probably is the second best player. Exactly right. So it's like the yeah. problem is that there's no like offense in a sense without curry being out on the court with pool that's what you thought you had we thought pool would be like that guy that kind of can you know be the pseudo steph curry when steph curry's out right run the same type of offense but that wasn't it so what you have to do is move on from him right so chris paul allows you to at least with the the backups if he's what he's going to end up running his sixth man he'll probably be out there with just a bunch of shooters and Kind of like those three and D wings, you know, like a Dante if he if he if he comes back or if there's a you know Peyton can hit a couple threes or you got whatever shooter you're gonna sign like that rookie, you know those type of guys are gonna benefit from having a guy like Chris Paul there. Chris Paul makes everyone around him better. Moody, Kaminga, like those guys are gonna get great looks because of Chris Paul, and they're gonna be in that sense also developing. So it takes that kind of like lack of development there was and kind of puts it on someone else's shoulders in that sense because curry in itself is great but he he has that like volume to him but it's very hard to develop players with curry you know what i mean like you need people that are proven ready to hit those shots and stuff chris paul is going to be more of that like you know hey okay let me feed you a bucket you know Kaminga here set this screen for me i'm gonna get you this like pick and roll get that go get that dunk you know or moody i'm gonna do this i'm gonna gonna take the pick from Kaminga, but i'm gonna hit you in the corner for the three and just hit that you know like it's gonna be more of like you know incorporating them into the offense and that way when curry's off the court and which is why you need to CP's gonna be a good six man is he's gonna be able to have still a functioning offense you know it's not always about like what the you know like the whole warrior system like obviously that's what cp doesn't really fit into that system why he's probably not going to start right and even offensively do we have to mention the defensive part you already talked about how they'd get cooked defensively if they're both together <laughs> but offensively it still doesn't make sense like you can run curry off the ball and that's going to be good but like you know obviously you want the ball in hands curry as much as possible 
So it's like one of those things where off on the on the bench, he's going to be clicking with those guys and helping them develop and become better players and be more useful on the team, giving them more rules and having ability to just create shots for them. Now, those shots weren't there for them this year or had opportunities, you know, even when they did, like they did what they could with those opportunities. But Chris Paul is really going to let them like have a bench offense. So I can acknowledge that Christopher will provide more of a structure and incorporate more people in the offense. But before I kind of respond to my thoughts on that, uh, Brian, Matt, you guys have any thoughts on the trade itself? Because I think G and I can just keep on going for like <laughs> hours. You on guys end, are going honestly. at it, man. No, I got some I got some thoughts here, too. So I remember when this trade happened, you know, I was getting back from work. I was or not getting from back to work. I was just getting back for lunch, sat down on my computer and I saw the news and I flipped out, told the whole office. I was, and my first gut reaction was, this is a terrible trade. Like, holy crap, right? Because I thought, right, was any trade or uh, we would need to address the needs that we saw at the end of this playoff series, right? Lack of defense and the constant year-by-year search for size that uh, we've been suffering from all this time there too. So Chris Paul, right, initial thoughts was this is the exact opposite of what we need. We Instead of, mm-hmm. you know, use and size there and defense, we got, you know, a smaller guy, older, and then uh, still no size and defense there. But as I was thinking over time and as the days kind of passed, kind of rethought back at it and my take was kind of, okay, I can kind of see where the Warriors were going there. So I've reached a point where I realized the Warriors probably likely made this trade. Maybe this was the best deal that they got for Chris, not for Chris, uh, uh, for Jordan Poole there. <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> I'm not sure there. And I actually initially thought too was Poole, I for sure thought Poole would get traded somewhere. I actually pegged him to be uh, to be sent to a team such as Washington, you know, a lower a level team there but he has a chance to maybe be the starter and take the lead at that offense so i could definitely see pool going over to the wizards but then i realized with this trade what chris uh, what christopher is and kind of what heckling what g was saying too is i do think chris paul is actually probably a better win now than jordan pool is there and as the points have been talked about before right christopher is a lot more uh mature he has even though well, anyone's defense is going to be better than Jordan, than Jordan <laughs> Poole is over there. But he's more mature. He can be that leader for the second unit. He can definitely still hit shots, hit threes. Um, the IQ. In this kind of day and age, in his age over there. Yeah, that the IQ. That's going to be the big difference over here. So ignoring kind of the other parts of the trade and just like, let's say if it was a one-for-one one Chris Paul for Jordan Poole over there, I would actually screw that, you know, Warriors... This is an improvement. This is an improvement for what's better for the Warriors setup, what the Warriors needed versus what Jordan Poole is at the current moment there. So the fit's definitely there, but I still think it doesn't really address some of the other core needs that the Warriors will would have looked to get. So that tr- potential trade for, you know, if we got someone like a Porzingis, or at this point, we're probably just searching the waiver wire, searching the free market, the free agency for another veteran kind of big talent person, someone like a Brooke a Lopez Green from last season there. Brooke yeah, Lopez potentially that'd be know. great that'd be a great fit there <laughs> I would also I would also want to add one thing real quick is that like you kind of said like if you take the players out of it if you look at it contract wise you're stuck with the guy who's going to be what four years at 100 million last year I think what it was for a pool and that mm-hmm. you're stuck with now right and you can't get out of that so you can you have three more years and he's unhappy. Whereas Chris Paul is a like you said better win now and then he is one year left thirty million dollars. So next year if it doesn't work out, you know you'd be like all right, well you're 
out of here and we're going to move on to having $30 million to spend on Clay's contract or maybe going to get someone else. But you give you that flexibility. You have no flexibility with Poole. Obviously, you assumed when you re-signed Poole that he was going to be the long-term answer. But now you have a, the option to find a new long-term answer in terms of backup point guard or whatever you guys, like you said, maybe it's just Siakam. But that's more feasible next offseason now that you have more clap flexibility, right? You're not stuck with that $20, $30 million that you're paying to pool and going to have to worry about, oh, this is not going to work. He's not happy, you know? But at least next year, that $30 million, you find out someone that will be happy there or fills all your needs, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, to I mean, me. I, I agree with all, every, all, everything here. Viv, I know this hurts you the most. Like, if if in terms of the biggest winners and losers, I mean, G's the biggest winner here. I love it. Clearly. I was going to Warrior yeah. Games anyways, you know? Like, I was a frequent Warrior goer. Like, I had nothing. Like, my Warrior hatred ended a while ago. Like, my Viv hatred is so strong. So, it makes this me so happy. Like you said, like, like it makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. this podcast. <laughs> that, like, I'm the biggest winner, Viv, I feel like, right? Yeah, you're the biggest winner. And then, Viv, you lost the player you clearly love. And then for the player you I believed most. in him when, when no one else did. I mean, okay, listen. Like we talked about last episode about Poole, he clearly did have a down season. Even though he did average a career high in points scored, even though he did play great as a starter, the Traymond punch pretty much just precluded all chances of a happy ending with his tenure on the Warriors. And I think that Kerr got sick of his antics. Uh, there were some reports too that before the punch that... Um, what happened was that Per was uh Pool was apparently not necess- was kind of being flippant and a little bit disrespectful to Kerr. Um, that's what the rumor, at least released by Clutch Sports or some other, I guess, nebulous source, put Clutch out there. Sports. And <laughs> I mean, Draymond sports. did release some rumors or some, you know. I think it was Chris Haynes who said it. Yeah, Chris Haynes. He is literally the essentially you know, writing an Clutch analyst. Sports mouthpiece yeah yeah exactly so. like he's basically buddy buddy with draymond and you know he tried to basically cover for draymond after the punch happened and tried to basically justify it in some sort of way shape or form um but basically the whole idea is that there was a ton of drama behind this whole issue things that clearly were more meant for tmz rather than the actual hardwood floor and it just never led to a happy conclusion because i really do feel bad for pool he kept out the whole time he kept his head down. He tried to stay focused on the game, um, in public at least. And, you know, Draymond was just making documentaries at the beginning of the season talking about the punch <laughs> incident and not really taking much accountability. He just said, I'm sorry. Um, but he sort of made it a little bit narcissistic and about himself. And I think that if it weren't to have happened, um, you know, Poole and Draymond did have a very like big brother, little brother relationship. And they were clearly very close. But now that situation is not there anymore. Um, bridges have been burned, and I think that's why the trade had to be made. It was kind of your side or my side, my way or the highway. So if it weren't to have happened, I would have loved to keep pool. But I do understand, you know, from the politics perspective, why I move on from him. And also, just like I said before, the win-now mode that we have to be in, clearly we have to go all in on Steph Curry's remaining years of his prime. And I would love to have moved on from pool for a better player um that can help us immediately in the win now mode but that's what you got going back on jordan pool i think that you know i don't know if you had to give up pool for chris paul i really don't know and i think that pool could have been used to acquire a better asset that's my take on it that's the thing 
You you like Jordan Poole. I don't like Jordan Poole, and I've never really said that I've, you know, I have I I acknowledged last year the year our championship year he played great and he was we a don't major win without contributor. Jordan Poole. Yeah, we don't win without Jordan. We Poole. don't win without that. him. And yeah. I can I can say that, but I I can also say now at this point, even with the Draymond punch that basically made Poole untenable for this team, um, I don't think his contract made him as valuable as you know people think because it's not just a contract which is not great he's going to have to perform at the contract level because that, that contract hasn't even started yet right but it's also you know he was not good last year you're selling like, low right now talk about the 20 huh you're selling low right now on pool really low like you're selling at all-time low value you know <laughs> well he's no longer on my team so maybe that's a part of it but I, I just never felt like Jordan Poole was, um, like, I didn't think we could sell him high. That's the thing. I didn't think he was going to be sold high at all. That's why I thought we might keep him just because we couldn't sell him for anything. And usually, you know, with the Warriors, we don't make these kinds of trades where we get rid of, a like, a really major piece. Unless, you know, it's like a Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. Obviously, that's going to happen. But, you know... This is a different situation. Obviously, Poole or Draymond had to go. It was going to be uh, Poole because Draymond is not going to leave this team no matter what he uh, did. And I agree with you, Viv. I think that Poole handled it better than Draymond did. And he wasn't even the aggressor. He was the victim here. So, like, it's a shame how that turned out. And I agree also in a sense... It's a travesty, that, honestly. Yeah. It really Poole came down to politics. Real- yeah. yeah, Poole was surprisingly mature in hindsight, right? He pretty much kept it in for the entire season up until as soon as he gets traded, you know. Yeah, and then he immediately that's follows the Adrian Yeah, I think it, I would say it's surprising. It's pretty good maturity out of um, Poole to, you know, keep a business throughout the season, even though it's really difficult. The relationship with the team is, you know, with Draymond is suffering there clearly, but he kept it in for the whole season. Props to him. I'm thinking like Jordan Poole, like right when he saw the trade, he was hovering over the unfollow button. Like Draymond, he was ready, man. Oh, all right, it's exploding bullets. Yeah, it's over. Can I can I unfollow Dre? But to be fair, also kind of going against my point, just to be impartial or at least maintain that perspective, there were occasions on the sideline that Poole was just acting and sulking with bad body language. You know, there was that off, you know, retweeted clip where he doesn't dap up Draymond and kind of shoves him a little bit. Shoves him, yeah. and then Curry comes up to Poole and starts talking. So, yeah, clearly he wasn't happy. But to be quite honest with you, a situation like that, I, I can't understand where the frustration comes from. I mean, it's not just a punch, right? It's the fallout from that. It's the way that it kind of dragged on the whole season. And clearly, whatever Draymond did, um, maybe it didn't go far enough for him to, you know, really assuage Poole and make pool feel like he could be trusted again Mm -hmm. i think also though from uh just uh, let's say from a pure basketball perspective here um i think pool i don't think the six-man role was going to work anymore for him because it's just like you can't like obviously you're not going to replace steph and you can't because steph's still in his prime like you just can't get rid of him like that but it's hard to just start jordan pool right now and i feel like jordan pool was kind of um, he pushes it when he's on the bench, right? Like, there's this, you know, quote from Draymond, ironically, like, about how a, a bench should be, you know, assuming the role in the game, which is kind of, like, maintaining the lead, 
not really trying to push to expand it, right? It's more facilitating in defense and kind of just settling down the game. Um, not really looking to score, but making sure that, you know, again, in the non-Steph minutes, everything's okay, right? You're plus zero without him. Like, it, if you're at a net zero, once he comes back in, like, you're winning probably, right? So, like, I think those Jordan Poole minutes were very crucial because Jordan Poole is supposed to be that guy that comes in for Curry and then he's able to maintain the lead. But then we all know that his defense is not good. So, you know, he's going to give up points, but you actually have to, like, you have to look to score points then, like, to keep it neutral. So I felt like Jordan was, like, he was kind of pushing it. He wants to kind of show that he's that guy. He's either going to earn that contract or he's going to be, like, a starting point guard in this league and I don't think that's going to work in a bench role um, at all at that point so I think you know this is honestly like just from Jordan Poole's perspective but this is probably the best possible thing for him now in his career because he needs like he obviously has the potential to become a starting point guard in this league we've seen the stats uh, when he's starting you know I think you know even in those down years even with the bad defense like there's a chance, right? And he should have the opportunity to get that chance. So I think going to the Wizards is probably going to be great. He's going to get, like, every shot in the world. He's going to get a green light, um, you know? And he has everything for him, right? So it's like, you know, whatever. Go ahead. Like, shoot your heart out, and we can see what you can do. And then, you know, that's probably the best thing for his career. He's got a ring already. He's got the bag. Like, you know, make the most out of it. So I think this will eventually be a win for Poole. For Paul, I yeah, it's good for him, obviously. I don't know about the Warriors in a sense because I think it's a good thing for the bench, and I think he's going to be a great facilitator. I do worry about who's going to score off the bench right now, and it's a pretty big contract. Um, it would be nice to have Porzingis. I, I was wondering that myself. I was like, one, why didn't we try to get Kristaps? Um, but I don't think he was going to be a bench player like um, Chris Paul probably would accept so i think that's a little bit why but why I also would think Porzingis not start be... because kevon looney's there that's that's what you call that's what you call <laughs> bad managing kevon looney's coming off the bench if you trade for Porzingis. there's no doubt that's about true. that yeah easily. i don't know i don't know why then chris stops would uh not go to the warriors but maybe it was his personal you know, preference way. maybe he wanted to go to boston i heard there was interest right because when they that first original Celtics trade like didn't go through. They did another one. It was so. always gonna be yeah. It's another Kristaps trade. Yeah, so yeah. it was like it's like another Kristaps so. trade. So like maybe he really, bond like really wanted to go to Boston or something. Yeah, I just wonder if Chris Paul was the always the first choice for the Warriors because like when we saw the Wizards, I feel like they traded it isn't, for Chris Paul. Now that I no, think about it, no, because when we, the Warriors like when the Wizards traded for Chris Paul, right. We, I heard some rumors about the Clippers and the Warriors being interested even if he was bought out. So I feel like I felt like the Warriors had an eye on him. And it wasn't just like, oh, we got to get rid of Poole. Can we just get Paul? Like, you know, I, I think they wanted him. Like, Paul makes just sense. Had Paul a, literally a way. makes so much sense, though. That's why. Because he just makes so much sense for the Warriors. Like, he can single-handedly have a bench offense. At his age, that is very doable. Like, maybe managing a starting offense like, like he tried to do last year is too much to ask of him. Asking him to play 25 minutes might be the best thing for his career in terms of being healthy and then being able to provide minutes in the playoffs healthy. Like, it's always revolve around being healthy, right? The biggest issue for him has been health, right? So that allows, you know, the limited rule allows him to 
kind of take that you know bigger step forward in terms of actually being a contributing player to a championship winning team right because that is the end goal here for chris paul and the warriors because they want to get help curry win and you bring in you know cp to do that i kind of i have a question for you guys and i don't know if you guys have noticed this but um you guys know like i mean i'm sure matt you you're on twitter all the time right do you ran you run a lot of our twitter so like you know mm -hmm. we always are up to date on the news usually like when you see a player get traded right don't you always see the team or like the players or someone making an announcement press conference or any of that type of stuff right isn't it weird to you guys that none of that's really happened yet and you know i know chris paul's out of ask like got asked the questions about that he's like doing some like tour release for his book or something like that but like there's never been an official like hey like you know this is what i'm doing on the warriors like hey those we're inducing chris paul to the team like not even a twitter post even... about like the official announcement yeah like the official not even official twitter post uh, about it's it it's probably there's no it's, it's probably because the off season hasn't actually officially started so maybe they can't actually announce no no that's the thing like, that's the thing that's what i thought too so then i went to the sun's page i still followed the sun's at this point right i didn't run follow them sure. or anything right there's bradley beal <laughs> all over the place you know what i mean like bradley beal's all over there and then i went to the celtics I'm like they have videos of introducing kp you go to the warriors page you have videos like saying bye to jordan pool <laughs> right I'm like you know well, i i guess they're ashamed that they made the trade what can I tell my, you? My thing is, I, I think my theory is... telling a physical or something. My thing is, did you can can a player get traded again, right? Like the Wizards traded for Chris Paul, or, right? And then they traded him away. Can the can the Warriors, maybe then, maybe you guys are right. Maybe this was just get, get rid of pool trade and the, you know, the actual player that we're going to bring in trade hasn't happened yet. What do you guys think about that? That was my so other theory. I... I thought about it really like on the day one of the trade when I was trying to rationalize myself why the heck this <laughs> trade happened. I was thinking, are they gonna flip Chris Christopher for another asset, like an asset that we could actually use? But then I thought, well, first of all, that'd be that'd be uh, from the Suns to the Wizards to the Warriors to someone to someone else, like later in the season. Like that's just no. I think it should be this off season. Like you could still trade him again this off season, I mean, right? Like all during this, you can you can, but I feel like part of it too. I think the media. Well, I'm not sure if it's true. I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like the media would be love to have you know Draymond, CP3, and Steph all on one team this year. I feel like there could be a lot of like drama coming Dude, out you're of that. Be really hated. Exactly. Like... So it's like it's gonna we're gonna become. Even more than maybe more than ever before, like the haters, haters team in the league over there that you know would make headlines potentially over there. So that's yeah, part I of think my compared to the KD Warriors. Yeah, but I mean, even yeah. KD, I mean, CP3 has had a long history of being hated. You know, this whole podcast hated him at one point. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> people in other sports, like the whole athletics world, really hated KD for joining the Warriors. Like, when you look at this Chris Paul trade. To, to be quite honest with you, like, Chris Paul, all, as great of a player as he has been historically, this isn't prime Chris Paul. Like, it was prime Kevin Durant joining the Warriors, right? So I don't necessarily see or anticipate that much of a backlash. This is kind of the all-in move that the Warriors are trying to do because see, they know they're kind of on their last legs. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if this is the all-in move, though. That's what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't think, like, this is the end yet. This is just one move of a start of an off season, you know, like you have to draft now and now you're building out the roster and whatnot. But 
there's still, I feel like, maybe trades involving Chris Paul or involving other players. There's still contracts that need to be re-signed. Blah, all of that stuff still has to happen, right? So, you know, I would I say, I, I, I really don't right think now, this is, like, it, you know, in terms of just EP. Maybe that might be it. Maybe he will be one of the many pieces that, like, maybe they sign, like, a Brook Lopez. Or, you know, uh, I, I wanted the Warriors to get Nas Reed. I felt like that would have been a good pickup, but he re-signed, you know? So maybe there is some moves still being to had. Obviously, they're not going to do one off-season move and call it a year, you know? So there's still more to be had in terms of what else they're going to do to fill the roster. But um, I would also say that I don't, I don't think the realm of CP getting traded a third time this off-season is out the books yet. Like, I think there is, like, a, like, hey, let's find a finish the off-season before we officially like kind of bring them on because maybe something someone else comes up or something else comes up that might have interest to to them right like you don't know what's available until it's available right yeah on second thought i i think you gee you're making a lot of i think i'm buying into that theory now like there's no fanfare over uh the chris paul uh, interest in the warriors i think you could be onto something there where can they flip it but i also want to say yeah, i definitely agree to this isn't there's no way this is an all-in play like i'm ready to say that this is like, if you just look at it from a Chris Paul, Jordan Poole perspective, I think it is an okay trade, but it's in no way, shape, or form like a championship-winning level trade. There's, I don't no. think it's... It definitely doesn't move the needle. There's no way. It's not like, happen. yeah, it definitely doesn't move yeah. the needle to where now, like, holy shit, the Warriors are favorites. Like what Viv was saying, you know, like, it's not like KD signing or anything like that. So, in that point, yeah, it's true. It's just, it's just trading a backup point guard for who's someone who's going to become the backup point guard. You know, it's like... In that in that realm, it's pretty you know insignificant. They're just getting paid a lot of money, which makes it more significant. But the role that they're filling is not the biggest crucial you know game changing role. I mean, yeah. to answer the original question though, I don't think I think this I think he's gonna stay. Like I I think he's gonna stay. You can quote me on that, and then he, if he gets moved in a couple of days, you'll be so happy. That's a shame. Yeah. I mean, we'll I guess yeah, it depends on who we're getting, but you know. <laughs> also, Woj like, even said too that right after the trade broke, that the Warriors were looking forward to you know running it with Chris Paul and winning a chip with him. Yeah, well, well we so, said that about Jordan Poole. He was going to stay here for the next four years, but yeah, yeah but that's Dunleavy shit. Yeah, I but, I think you have to trust Woj and Shams over Dunleavy at this point, or really I, most I, GMs because their job was just to lie, bold face lies in front just, of the press. I just think that you know Chris Paul. I'm being a little bit pessimistic, but also realistic here. There's a reason why, you know, we're cutting costs. We got rid of PBJ um, and got, you know, Trace Jackson Davis. Like, we need to shed salary, right? We had to get rid of Poole because, you know, the new CBA is going to, you know, really cut down on these uh, second over the, like, luxury tax for the second Yeah, the second apron. So we had to get rid of Poole. We had to get rid of even Patrick Baldwin because he was going to cost us, like, $10 million dollars. And, you know, just getting a second-round pick, the 57th-round pick contract is so much better than, like, the 27th pick contract. Like, I think Paul is going to stay here just because it makes sense financially unless there's going to be some kind of... Like, it's got to really be something different. Yeah, they're not like, going to just flip him for, like, a Fred Van Vliet yeah. or, like, a, like you know, some shit like that. If, like, a Zach Levine or something comes available, you know, maybe something like that is... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'd even do that. But, you know, something like that is where the level of player, I think, they'd have to be available or be required for them to then flip CP again. But I think it's a possibility, though. 
Yeah. If I mean, anything, I think that Van Vliet or Levine for Christopher is highly robbery. The other yeah. two would be absolutely bananas to do that. Well, no, it wouldn't just but be that. I think but like, you know, that'd be like the um, premise of it. Chris is probably not the only move that the Warriors are going to make. And I think my whole issue with this is that I think we all agree with this. This trade doesn't really move the needle for the Warriors in their championship aspirations. You know, we still have a few glaring holes on this roster and I don't really know where the cap space is going to come in order to sign like a high quality big or a, hopefully we have Kaminga and Moody develop its wings. Like this has to be their time. They're the only two young players basically left on this team from the second timeline. And Kaminga and Moody have both proven things in the playoffs, but Kerr hasn't given them consistent minutes. So we really need to see what the rest of this roster looks like before making a firm decision on how they're going to look next season. But yeah, I hope Christopher isn't the only move that this team makes because right now, I'm not really too optimistic about their championship title hopes. I actually think it moves the needle a little bit more than we think because it's not just a basketball move. It's uh, it's gonna reset, I think, the whole focus of the team. Like because again, we're dealing we were dealing with internal problems that aren't just on the court, and now I think with the reset of pool for Paul, I think now we could just get to the point where it's like okay, it's about basketball. We just, like, now it's just a big problem. Now it's just a, like, spacing issue, right? Like, we just need shooters for Steph. Like, now we don't have to worry about, like, this, you know, the team chemistry again. Because I think that the the void, like, the message has been sent, basically. We're not doing this whole youth movement anymore. And that's why I think that also, like, I don't think Chris Paul is going to get traded again. I think there's a chance that, you know, you see a Jonathan Kuminga trade in the coming weeks like if anyone i think the most likely person to be moved on that roster is probably kuminga like that's just what i think because i think we're definitely looking towards uh just yeah reload with steph this is our timeline we're not doing any more of this and kuminga is a very you know he's a seventh round overall pick he's got a good contract and you know he's had discontent with you know playing off the bench like the signs are there so I could definitely see that happening. Like, that's what I think right now. Yeah, I mean, that's why the last thing I want to say is like, I would say the CP thing is, you know, works for them is you have guys like Kaminga. You've seen what he did with the Oklahoma City Thunder guys, right? Like Lou Dort was never really a playoff player, right? Like their guys were mm-hmm. undeveloped in that sense. And throughout the and just the regular season, they got valuable development to where they could play valuable playoff minutes, right? And I think he could do that for Kaminga, Moody, whatever other young guys that just drafted right now. You know, and that's kind of like why I think he'll also end up staying with the Warriors this year. Yeah, I mean, that's what I hope. I hope Kaminga stays, but, you know, I think Steve Kerr was talking about accepting your role, and I think Jordan Poole being moved, I mean, that's a big part of that, like, so it's basically a message to all the young players, like stay ready, but stay be ready to accept your role because we don't have the, we're not the team that you could just say, oh, we need you to develop and you can be the starter and you could just take all these minutes. We're a team that needs to win now. So if you can't do that, then we'll find you a place to go, but you can't stay here. So I just, I wonder what's going to happen. I think Chris Paul would be great for Kuminga and Moody to develop, just like you said, G. We'll just see if they're still on the roster in a couple weeks. So let's let's move on to some of these other trades here. Let's talk about the trade quickly of that even got Christopher to Washington. It was the Bradley Beal trade. And, you know, the Suns just get another all-star, basically. And, you know, they just they trade Chris Paul, they trade Landy Shamit away. 
now it's Bradley Beal, KD, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, I believe Frank Vogel is their new coach. And I think the only other player that is like signed, I don't remember who it is, right? Cameron Payne. One of them. Bring the pain. <laughs> ah, the new CP. Okay. CP fifteen. Uh, I, yeah, man. I don't. It, it's mid move. Are the Suns? Are the Suns right to do this? Because it seems like they're doubling down on more stars, no depth. Like, I don't. I don't even know how much money they. I have. think, in fairness to the Suns, it's like one of those things where, what was your other option with CP? Is you still like not like CP was going to create any depth or like in terms of like you know depth or anything like that for your team, right? His contract's a little bit less. It's thirty to compared to Bradley Beal's fifty. So that that's a couple role Jesus. players right there, right? So that because Bradley Beal signed the supermax last year, right? Um, so that was a big thing. So he's getting like fifty, almost sixty million dollars. So the, obviously there's no bench players, but there weren't going to be that many bench players anyways with CP there, right? You still have to move eight, in my opinion, for the bench players. That's the bench player trade for them. Is you go trade eight and for Miles Turner and like I don't know Jalen Smith or like a someone, you know, you can't even probably get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for eight anymore. So. I would just see what I can get out there because you don't have any picks left either. You gave all those away. You got to figure out how to get some bench players and some depth, right? You got to trade eight. And I feel like that's like the only real option now because you're not trading Booker KD and there's no other roster to trade. So, or picks. Yeah. I think it's going to work. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say my first reaction was kind of, I feel like, this might be a case of maybe like too many cooks in the kitchen, too many scorers in the kitchen here. You got, well, Devin Booker, of course, but Beal and like Katie all just thirsting for points the full time. Like every game, people have been saying, right, every game this season for the Suns is going to be like 130 to 128 or just ridiculously high scoring zero defense games. That appears to be the narrative at the moment. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be the facilitator of that offense because none of them are very natural. Um point guards like you know cp3 is right it's just like i don't know like someone's gonna have to run that bench unit because i think what's gonna happen is that it's gonna be booker and kd like they're gonna probably one always has to stay on the court and then i guess what beal would kind of just supplement like i that's what i think i think that Suns didn't need another scorer I, I just mm-hmm. think they need depth. And I agree with you, dude. Like, you know, they they can't do much with that Chris Paul contract. So it's they did the best they could with it. But, you know, what happens next? Like, like you need other players because you were just running KD and Booker to the ground and we saw what happened. Like, the Nuggets basically just destroyed everybody else on that team. And then when KD had an off night, when Booker had an off night, you know, it was lights out. It's over. Right. And like you said, now, like, like you yeah. said, when you're going to run him to the ground, Bradley Beal's a horrible player to run to the ground because he can't even stay healthy right now. It's not like you just yeah. traded for Demonis Sabonis. You know, he's going to play 75 games and get you 20, 20, 20 and 10. Every, bro, Bradley Beal barely plays 50, 40 games nowadays. You know, when's the last time Bradley Beal plays 60, 70 games? It's like you got to pick the guy that if you're going to run to the ground. It's just like CP. You stay getting hurt. It makes no sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, at least you admit it. I was about to say I forgot from our perspective. Like when I when I first saw the Chris Paul trade, first of all, I didn't think it was real, and then like I had to actually look it up <laughs> myself. And then like I was just like, oh my god, he's so old, and like he like he gets hurt. He, I don't know what it's uncanny, but you he always gets hurt like literally during the playoffs. 
Like, I don't know when the last time he's actually finished the playoffs healthy, but it's like, that's, that's my biggest concern. I was just like, damn, like, is he going to last? Is he even going to be there when like April comes? Yeah, and I feel like, same okay, you, 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 yeah, it's the same with Bradley Beals. Why would you go get a guy that's not going to play, that doesn't play point guard and just throws up buckets? But then it's like, if you're not going to have a depth, then instead of running just Booker and Katie to the ground, might as well throw Bradley Beal in there, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> might as well run him to the ground. Yeah, like literally, like, okay, we'll just kill all the stars in the NBA. We'll just send him to Phoenix and get them killed. <laughs> all right, let's move on here with Kristaps Porzingis. Another Wizards trade. The Wizards are just absolutely selling everyone about a year after the Wimbanyamba draft. Like, they send Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics. This was initially going to be a trade with the Clippers. Porzingis was going to go to Boston. I believe Marcus Morris was going to go to Washington. And I think uh, Malcolm Brogdon was going to the Clippers. Yeah. But now it's actually Porzingis to the Celtics. I think what Tyus Jones to the Wizards and then Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies and the Celtics get two first round picks. Washington didn't get anything like they they got a bunch of second round picks and pick swaps for Beal. They got Poole and a top twenty protected first rounder from the Warriors in twenty thirty, and then a second round pick, and you know Tyus Jones, Gallinari, Muscala, like. Man, they really sold low on everybody. Like they really <laughs> I just didn't get into realized. It. I just rationalized the first time I saw Washington just lost KP and Bradley Beal in the same offseason over there. But it's okay. It's this is this is the perfect scene then for Jordan Poole to come in and be the new star over there. But you're right, hundred percent right. They sold the whole house, the kitchen sink, and everything, and they're getting a bunch of like crap bench warmers, basically. Yeah, fire yeah. second rounders. Yeah, like. Yeah, that swaps mean, in second gotta, rounders. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole. They also got Monte Morris. I'm pretty sure. No, they have like, Monte they Morris a, already. Yeah. I think he's next. Yeah, they have a lot from last they, season. They just have so many point guards. Basically, like I don't know what I don't know what they're cooking over there. But crack. You know, it's funny because <laughs> years ago the problem with the Wizards is that they had too many forwards, and now they have a glut of guards. It's like Washington doesn't know how to construct a roster. But they have guys. They have the guys. It's funny because they have guys that are like winning rings, though. You know, like two years ago, OPJ came to the Warriors, and he was like kind of just a lost cause and won a ring. And then KCP was at the war in the Wizards, like basically playing irrelevant basketball and won a ring. There's probably going to be some other bench player that's like, you know, not doing any shit for them. They're going to trade, and he's going to end up winning a ring. It's like, dude, you have these guys that are like contributing to rings, you know, it's like. You could have just also yeah, built a half basically the team. gulag of the NBA. It's like what the Kings used to be a couple years ago too. Literally. They're just they're, they're very the low key. Team. Yeah, they're lo- very low key about it. They're not like an outright like dumpster fire. But uh, you I know, think the Wizards have year. never been good. <laughs> yeah, this year they're We're gonna be ass. The they're gonna be horrible. It's it's either them or, or Houston, right? But at least Houston no, has Houston, some. Pieces Houston got some around. talent. There's literally zero talent. It's just pool and a guy that passes the ball. <laughs> Hey, what about Denny Avinia? <laughs> oh, the guy was supposed to be the next DeLuca. <laughs> yeah, bro. He's, he's Honestly, kinda every nice. time I've I think about some of it, I've seen some of his tapes. He's okay. Yeah, he's not horrible. But every time I think about the Wizards, I think about Spencer Denwitty's exit interview, where <laughs> he just like, completely goes in on Kuzma. Like, yeah, when Kuzma was basically your second best player, like, we saw that with the old Lakers teams. You're not in a good spot is an NBA franchise if you got all those guys having to cook. Um, and I mean, 
in my opinion, with the Wizards, like, okay, Tyus Jones, I thought he was the best backup in the league. Like, he's elite at not turning over the ball. But I just don't think that this raises the ceiling. Like, he's a good mainstay, like a holdover player for a team. But I don't know about rebuilding, right? Um, Maybe he proves us wrong. Maybe it's like a low-key type of Jill and Brunson situation where Tyus Jones just sets the NBA on fire. I think he like, could. I'm, I don't know about that. Tyus Jones is good. His scoring he's... isn't as good as Brunson's was, but Tyus Jones is a very quality player. Um, he's going to average like a 10, 11 assists next year. Easy. Yeah. I, I I agree. Like I think he's just going to be, no, but he's not going to be a long-term wizard. He's going to get flipped at the trade deadline. He's like the Jakob Pertl. Like he's he's going to get moved. But he is going to be Jalen Brunson-esque though, like in terms of he's going to go to a team and have a real impact on their team in terms of winning because the Grizzlies are a better team with Tyus Jones than John Moran. Like it was like a analytically proven. I'm not a guy that's like, oh, let's go straight off analytics. But someone, like you said, maybe during it's like a buck, so they go get a point guard, you know? Someone's going to go grab Tyus Jones, and he's going to be an amazing like starting point guard for them, you know? Okay, quick thoughts on the Celtics and Grizzlies parts. I thought the Grizzlies, you know, they get smart, and they pair both of the defensive players of the year for the last two years together, which is great. But, I mean, I guess Marcus Smart is the new Dylan Brooks of the team? Is that how it He's works? He's the upgrade, right? Like, yeah, I think that's. I think you hit the upgrade yeah, button there. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like Tyus Jones for Marcus Smart. I guess I would do that in a vacuum, like, Oh, yeah. easily, yeah. I mean, you got I mean, to. I think you still got to upgrade it. You still got to upgrade your team still, like in terms of like getting a backup point guard and whatnot. But I think upgrading Dylan Brooks to Marcus Smart is a, I would say it's a good decision. And then same thing for the Celtics end of it, like upgrading Al Horford to, <laughs> to the KP is like a, yeah, it's a great, great, great thing. And I think with the a lot of the players in the East, if you look at it, like you have centers that actually can't really, you know, or aren't like what's the word. Um, they don't go out to the paint as much. Like you know, they're more like sorry, they're more in the paint. Like yeah, Joel who's kind of in the paint. You have Giannis as in the paint. Bam, like these guys, like the Jared Allen, Evan Mobley's. But when you can get a guy who's gonna run the five when Robert Williams is not in and they stretch the whole like you know five out type of system, that could like really be like a kind of a cheat code in the East, right? Where now you gotta have Embiid out in the paint all game. You gotta have Giannis in the out in the, or out of the paint the whole game, and you can kind of have Brown who's really good at slashing cut and going you know same with Tatum. So I feel like it's gonna open up their game if Lions KP can stay healthy, which is kind of like concerning. Now you have two centers that both can't you know play at all in terms of health wise, right? Yeah, I think the only concern for the Celtics is that like I guess it's Malcolm Brogdon handling the ball twenty four seven like because there's no point guards left on this team. Derek Derek White White. really isn't Derek White still there? Derek White, I forgot Derek White was there. (laughs) It's like damn. Derek, yeah, I guess. But and Derek like, White's really good too. Don't get me wrong. He is. I think that he's he provides good. like ninety I don't to ninety five percent of what Smart provided. I think he was better I, than Smart last season too. He's the one that made the All NBA defense you know, this year. Derek White, not Mark Smart. He did. I just think that the Celtics issue every time. Maybe it's now just a coaching thing, but it's like I don't know how their offense is run, and that's how. Like, if we had a podcast right after the Eastern Conference Finals, we would have said the Celtics look just so off. Like they sometimes they're just on and everything's clicking. Jalen Brown can you know do all this stuff. Jason Tatum is a superstar. He scores fifty one in the game seven, and then all of a sudden like oh we don't score for five six minutes. And, like we didn't do anything. Like and then Jalen Brown can't dribble with his left hand. Like it's just like everything like 
goes to shit. And now you don't <laughs> have Marcus Smart, who wasn't the best point guard because he's I don't think he's a traditional point guard. But, you know, now it's just like who what's going to go on here? Like I feel like maybe it's a coaching thing, but we saw that with Ime Odoka too, and that's why they got Malcolm Brogdon. So, I don't know if that moves the needle in terms of what the biggest issue is. Like, yeah, you upgraded from Horford, but I think it moves really, the needle. Like addressing the main issue. Yeah. I think it makes them a much better team. I don't know. What do you guys think? Bryant, Viv, do you guys think that? I feel like it makes them a lot better team. If he stays healthy. I think it gives him a higher ceiling for sure, Um, getting Chris stops. Because, look, the way that you have to look at it is that at the end of the day, they've been running with Smart for years. And you can't just run back the same core. Like, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I think that with Smart, you could get his production and replicate it with both White and Brogdon. And you can approximate that to a pretty good level. And if you can get a talent like KP or someone else that can really stretch the floor, give them another, another element to their offense, then you just go for it. Because the Celtics have primarily been high-tier losers at a certain point, and you can't just do the same thing over and over again. You have to switch it up, and I respect the Celtics for even taking this gamble. It allows them to keep yeah, their stars, all- too, like Brown and Tatum. I was gonna say exactly that. Actually, like out of all the all out of all their stars, the big names on that Celtics team, Smart would probably be the one most likely to get traded, flip for something else. And I definitely think in this case, for both the Grizzlies and the Celtics case, the the trades here I think elevates both of their teams. Um, you know, chances at a championship there for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if what would that be? Was that basically means? Was that basically mean Marcus Smart is worse? Kristaps and two first basically i don't know if his value is that high no if I, i'm reading that trade right there i, I think that's sort of how it was when that's it, it gets a little funky up, right? it gets funky when you do a that's three-team trade really gave up yeah right yeah yeah man i don't yeah so they gave no they way. gave him a bunch of expiring <laughs> contracts you know technically like they gave him a bunch mm-hmm. of like mike muscala's and a bunch of crap right so they did get something but All it's right. like not really like you said not really value Pretty much Washington mm-hmm. got fleeced, and that's why it is what it is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, hey, I don't know what the fuck they're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And all of this hasn't even, you know, this isn't even NBA free agency yet. Free agency starts July 1st. I'm sure we're in some kind of illegal tampering period, and I think July 1st is like the legal tampering period begins. I don't know what it is. People are negotiating. We just don't hear about it really. Let's just talk about some of these high-level free agents that um, we have. You know, this isn't the most exciting free agency period. There's no KDs out there. There's no LeBrons. Um, I remember there was one offseason where Gordon Hayward was the biggest free agent, and we made a big deal about that. Um, you know, it's, it's not really about that right now. <laughs> but we're going to try to predict some of the biggest, you know, stars and or the biggest players who are hitting the market right now and, and just think about where they're going to go. So let's just start it off with probably the biggest name here, James Harden. Um, you know, this isn't your MVP level James Harden who's averaging 50 off free throws. This is just, you know, Philadelphia Sixers James Harden. He's effective, but, you know, the same problems still persist. Um, you know, sometimes he doesn't perform in the playoffs. And, you know, sometimes. now he's trying to get like a bag. Yep. <laughs> I mean, all the time, right? I suppose so. Actually, no, to be fair, nice. he did have some pretty good games in the playoffs, but, like, yeah, he doesn't really show up in the end. Yeah, sure. and now he's, he like, went off what, for like, how old is he? He's, like, like 34. 
Oh no way! No way is he thirty-four. I think he's thirty-two. He's surprisingly young. I think he's like thirty-two. Yeah, look, I think thirty-three actually. Thirty-three. Mm-hmm. He'll be thirty-four in August. Oh man. Yeah, and he wow, was thirty-three. He I didn't know he turned thirty-four yet. Yeah, oh. but he's he's pretty old, which makes me feel old because I remember when he was in his second or third season on the Thunder, and he was my favorite player at a certain point in time, along with Steph. Mm. Because that both were underrated, and and look at them now. What if Jordan Poole becomes the next James Harden? That'd be crazy. I wouldn't think it's that crazy, but it could happen. He's gonna have the green light, and it could yeah. totally happen. I could see, but if yeah, he I don't want the trajectory. Then yes, he could. Just follows the progression as Harden's kind of career there. Well, out of the one playoffs, Poole pre- definitely produced. Well, actually, no, this one not as much. The previous one he did, so we'll just see how he does in the playoffs there. I mean, they both didn't play defense, I guess, in the early parts of their career. I mean, so, yeah. Harden still doesn't, but. Harden still really doesn't. <laughs> and I think Poole has a really good offensive bag in Arsenal, too, that few it, players in this league have. What I hate about Poole is that he has the physical ability to play defense. He's just not very good at it. Like, that's what I always didn't like. It's like a mentality yeah, thing. He doesn't know how to actually mentally how to play defense. He, he fouls a lot. Yeah. Okay. Is, is, he going, is James going to the Rockets? Is no. he coming, going back? He's going back no. to Philly. They're going to re-sign him, I think. I think Rockets are a year away from being like two years away, the way I look <laughs> at it. Yeah. I think Harden might go and get the bag from Houston because he's just... I think he's trying to start a bidding war between Philly and Houston, get that last bag. But I maybe Houston's not going to budge, and then you know he's just going to have to go to Philly. Yeah, I could but, see him kind of go back there, but then it'd just be Harden and a bunch of kids in the yeah. offense there. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd look kind of weird. <laughs> Dude, I feel like Harden Brian. just doesn't give a shit anymore. Like, I, I think he's just like, oh, I just need to get money, and that's it. Like, And I agree. I w- if I was like in that, you know, it's always about the bag. You know? I mean, Harden has said publicly he wants to retire and, and go back to Houston at a certain point in time. It's not really a matter about uh, if, but rather when. So yeah. I don't know if now is probably the best time to do it. I assume he'd want to kind of hop on the ship when, you know, Jalen Green or Sengun, you know, become players that can really make a run in the postseason. And if they ever figure out what to do with Kevin Porter Jr., I still don't know what the heck is going on with their guard situation, but Houston's offense is just dribble, 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 tries to go and score the ball. It never passes at all. And it, it's just putrid. It's basically what, what it Harden does right now. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> exactly. That's why they're the worst team. <laughs> But at least they won with Harden. Like, say what you will about James, but he got them wins in the regular season and got you them. You still to think the he has that level in him? No, I not I don't know. Not not Philly Harden. Like Philly Harden is more of a facilitator. Like, if he goes back to Houston, does he play like Houston first time? Like no way, right? Like obviously there oh, that was a no long way. time. So like even it's his like... last year, he was still getting like thirty something a game. Like that shit's crazy. That's a lot of goddamn points. I... If he goes to Houston, gets like that four year deal or whatever, it's gonna be like Dwayne Wade when he returned to Miami. Like I think it's just like up, oh, you know, we know you're not gonna carry us anyway, but you're gonna be a veteran presence and we need that. They definitely need some maturity around there. Like, what what is so, he mature like, about? Oh, He's do. the one who's gonna lead him to a strip club. <laughs> well, he'll teach him how to be pros about it. Like, he's not going to make them have a Zion type of situation where everyone on OnlyFans is leaking their shit on Twitter. Like, James will teach him how to tip them respectfully, pay for their kids' tuitions, you know, be respectful, own some property, tell them how to go to Magic City properly, write protocols. With such a, 
we're such a unique podcast. We're just, you know, we talk about anything. There's no, there's no boundaries that we won't cross here. <laughs> hey, the bar is low to be a good person in the NBA these days, man. We got shooters literally oh out there. God. We got, we got, we got kids born, man. It's like, yeah, we, we just don't do that stuff, you know. Stay out of the, stay out of the. We could have talked so many other topics. We've been out for like a month. There's so much we could have <laughs> talked about. Just do oh, a man. special segment on the. <laughs> The TMZ part of the NBA, you know? Of course. Okay, Damian Lillard, not technically a free agent, but do you really do you think this is the time? Dear God, make Dame leave? Lillard stop. I, I cannot stand hearing about Dame Lillard with this we will he won't they type of situation. We've been doing this for like how many years? This now? is wor- this is becoming worse than Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This is so <laughs> it's annoying. So it's like a game a of chicken. It, it's worse. It's because it's literally so much worse. It's just like, dude. You won't request a trade, and we're not going to trade until you request a trade. But everybody knows that you need to request a trade, bro. Like, they have so many guards there. They have so many guards. They have Simons. They have Sharp. Now they have Scoot. And then they have Dame. Like, what are they guys doing? You're not going to build a team properly. Like, bro, if you're going to tank, then trade the dude before the draft so you get more picks during the draft. You know, like, what the what are you guys doing? It's like, dude, if the guy's going to request a trade in a month or, or like now, just doesn't make a difference when you request to trade the dude, bro. Now I'm like, hey, man. What? Dude, I literally think of that one meme on Twitter where it's like, oh, <laughs> he's talking to like the Jesus Christ figure. It's like, I didn't run away from the grind. And then he's like, bro, just request a trade. Like, it, everyone's just sick of the farce, man. Like, we don't care about this loyalty thing anymore. Like, do what you got to do. No one's giving you shit for it yeah i think that the issue is not like loyalty loyalty is loyalty and people appreciate loyalty i think it's just like you can't have it both ways right you can't just say oh you know i need to play for a winner i need to win right now but you can't also just be like okay with everything that's going on seemingly like because you can't actually put any actual pressure on a franchise unless you're going to request a trade. Like, I, I don't like it when AD does that, when LeBron does that, when KD does that. But I understand why they do it. There's a rationale behind it, right? So it's like you can't you can't have it both ways. And I love Damian Lillard. And, you know, if he could win in Portland, it'd be great. But if he really wants to win, then, yeah, just do it. Or otherwise, you just have to say, oh, we're in kind of a rebuilding phase. You can't just act like, oh, yeah, this team's going all the way to the finals. It's not. They always use the phrase retooling. And I, and I love how they say that. It's like, oh, they're picking up, you know, youngish assets while continuing to build around Dame. That's what the narrative's been. And Dame continuously puts up crazy performances. Like, okay, this past season that he put up, probably the best of his whole career. Like, he averaged an incredibly insane 32. Um, on great efficiency, um, but the thing is that, like you said, G, like the roster is very poorly constructed because now they're picking for best player available on the draft, which you kind of have to do if you're trying to really rebuild for the next core. Like last year, Shaden Sharp was easily the best prospect available. He was so talented that he easily could have gone number one this season or the season prior in a non-Wemby draft. But, um, and then this season, you got to get Scoot, right? You know, Brandon Miller, Wemby's off the table. So those picks do make sense. Like, if I'm Portland, you make those picks 10 times out of 10 if you're trying to rebuild for the next future. But Dame's trying to put pressure. He even talked about, you know, trying to potentially team up with LeBron and AD a few years ago. He gave a full interview about it, too. He's super vocal on, like, a bunch of podcasts talking about, you know, where he'd want to go. 
and he just keeps on posturing like he can leave at any point but he actually is like so close to doing it without actually saying it and it's like you can't just like dance your way around the subject anymore you kind of just have to put you know pen to paper and do what you kind of claim that you want to do like you've wasted your career at this point you haven't really gone anywhere besides individual accolades and at that point it's really on you and it's not on portland because portland is doing what's best for their team and they've tried around dame it just really hasn't worked for a bunch of factors and if dame is frustrated then he has to be the one that initiates something because i'm sure the free agent the front office has tried and you know they've got, tried to get free agents they got jeremy grant that didn't really work out last season in the end they got gary payton that didn't really, really got, <laughs> work out too they got covington didn't work out they got freaking um who else they got um what you said nurkic <laughs> yeah nurkic mccollum i mean mccollum was there already but like yeah matisse Tybal. i'm just saying that too. i'm just saying that dame can it's okay to be on a rebuilding team like you can acknowledge it but just like yeah portland's doing the best they can as their team should be doing um but if you want to win i think you have to clearly understand that you know you're probably not going to win with this team so if you really want to win you have to demand a trade so that's just how it is like he's not gonna win with the blazers that's the thing yeah. they've been rebuilding for the last like hell half decade there look i think it summarizes as this he's you're not winning on the blazers it's a time for you to have you decided yet do you want to go somewhere else look if you go somewhere else like the heat for example you got a chance you will not win you're gonna first round exit every year with this Blazers team, they've shown no. Well, they couldn't even make the playoffs this year. Closer to that, exactly, exactly. They can't make he's not winning there. And I hate that, like yeah. you know, to your point, Brian is like he goes out of his way to put out, you know, I don't know if he puts him out, but someone puts him out from his camp that oh, they I want to see Portland trade the number three pick for a proven star and make this a win now team. Like, bro, that's not reasonable. That's just stupid. If you're gonna be all about Portland, yeah. not the loyalty, it's all about the, it's all about the loyalty is loyalty and nothing else. Then okay, let them pick the best player available and do what they do, and then just shut up and play there. You know, or if you're gonna go want to trade, yeah, like go trade him. And if I was Portland, I'd walk up to Dame and be like, hey, do you want to play here? And if he says yes, they'd be like, all right, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would go as far as say Lillard's been. I would go as far as to say Lillard's the most loyal t- player in the year. Was all the shit he's had to kind of suffer through there in terms of like just not being able to get any even smell the championship there. So he's shown his loyalty year after year here. When does it give out? I just think he should go to Miami. Like, it's a great spot for him, and it, he has that mentality that I feel like Jimmy Butler has and the Heat culture have. I just don't know why. Like, but it's like you know, both sides. It feels like neither of them ever make a trade ever, or ever want to move. Right? For some reason, Pat Riley just loves Tyler Hero, even though they literally made the finals without him. They're never gonna move him, and you know, Dame doesn't want to be moved. I guess, or doesn't want to be perceived to be moved. I don't. I don't know what's going on, but I feel like this is now or never. If he doesn't move this year, it's over. He's staying in Portland. But it doesn't even dies. make sense for <laughs> Portland to keep Dame either. You know. Like, what does Portland get out of having Dame? They're just going to be too good to be ass and never really, like, get a couple other players that they need to rebuild the team. Like, they got Scoot, and if Scoot's really good, then, like, or good, not going to be great enough to win the ring still, but you're also won't be ass enough to get more good players around him and develop, like, a young core, right? 
So then it just becomes like a thing. Like, doesn't Portland just be better off saying like, hey, Dame, we're going to trade you. Just tell us what team. Otherwise, we're going to trade you to wherever we can. Get some bet the best offer, right? It's like, yeah, yeah I feel like they've just made, and everybody's best interest is for it to leave, you know? But it's just like one of those things where like, they think the love is there. It has there, to be like know? Westbrook, honestly. It has to be like Westbrook when the Thunder traded him. Like, everyone knew that it had to happen. Um, I just think Lillard just needs to not say anything because if he really wants to be moved, he just, you know, just act like the team did it and you didn't ask for it. But, but we all know that, you know, both of you need to kind of move on at this point. So, you know, you don't have to say like, oh, I refuse to ever send a trade request in like just don't say anything and then when you get traded you're just like you know i wish i could have stayed a blazer my entire career but i know it's the nature of the business like you know that's all you got to do yeah right? literally it's that <laughs> simple be like oh yeah it didn't work out i wish it could have worked out and won there but it didn't work now we're on to the next place and i'm gonna try to win here and literally the next day no one cares no one is gonna <laughs> care even the city of portland probably won't even care yeah, they'll just, they'll be like, thank you. Like that's it. That's Literally, it's do. that simple. It's just annoying at this point. It's like, bro, you're not even like Aaron Rodgers level good to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's breeze through these two very loyal uh, players here: Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, both lifelong uh, players of the Warriors and Bucks, respectively. Both opted out of their player options. But, uh, I mean, not to be that guy, but Middleton actually started off with the Pistons. Whoa, really? I damn, I forgot. Fact check. He was a G League level player, and he got cut. But going to the Bucks rehabilitated his career. Damn, I totally I forgot that. about that. Yeah, but okay. Um, long time, uh, players of these two teams. I think they're both just posturing for long term deals. I think both eventually just resign. I've heard some speculation that the Kings would be interested in Draymond. And as much as I'd like to see DeMontis Sabonis uh, watch Draymond Green take his spot, you know. <laughs> Bro, the Kings should try to go get Chris Middleton. That'd be sick. Take out Harrison nice Barnes. The Kings got a star. Yeah, take out Harrison <laughs> Barnes and go get Chris Middleton. Like, every team that wants to win a ring, you got to upgrade from Harrison Barnes. Like, it just doesn't Pretty work. Much. Like, you're not going to win a ring with Harrison Barnes. you got to get rid of the crap. It's a tale of sort of time. Yeah, it's just a tale of the time, bro. It's like, dude, it's a... Do you... Do you remember seeing Harrison Barnes' stats like when they were doing the Game Seven, the Kings versus the Warriors, and they were like Harrison Barnes' Game Seven stats ever, like lifelong career, and it's like five points per game. And it's like, and I think he scored like four points per game in that Game Seven. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. Uh, why do we always talk about twenty sixteen, man? You know, it's it's, it's like a rite of passage, you know. Like if the Kings want to be like the next Warriors, you gotta. Bro, you're a Warriors fan. Yeah. Rule number one: twenty sixteen, that year. Is is a modern system to be yeah. from 2015 to 2017 in the calendar year? Yeah, I'm just became a Warrior that. fan. You know what happened before doesn't really like you know affect <laughs> me personally right now. So it sucks that you guys lost, but you guys lost and you got rid of Harrison Barnes and won a ring. I think the Kings can get rid of Harrison Barnes and upgrade to like a Chris Middleton. That'd be that'd be really good. I think that'd be really good for them, and I think that's what they need is like a. I wouldn't say like a just a certified like kd type of player which i mean would be great but like you don't need like a superstar to come in and change the whole dynamic of the team you need someone that can kind of play their part really well right and it could be like a star level player and that's exactly what middleton is draymond kind of makes sense but like i feel like it just i don't know it's really just about 
we're just trying to be the Warriors at this point, you know? And I don't think that's, like, what worked for the Kings. I think, uh, you know, if you guys had to pick one, though, Middleton or Draymond, who's more likely to leave? Draymond. I mean, Draymond is for sure going to stay. Um, you think so? Nearly. I, honestly, I'm willing to... Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to bet a lot on it. And and here's why. I mean, Dunleavy basically outright said that their main priority this offseason was retaining Draymond. And then Draymond's now lobbing on his IG story, like always, and he's saying, "Oh, he wants a uh, hundred million over three years." You think that's is a fair, you know, value for his services to the Warriors, and I think the Warriors are willing to relent and give him that contract. And so, I believe it will happen. I mean, moving Pool is also a sign that the Warriors have chosen Draymond, and as unfortunate as it may appear. They took the side of the aggressor in the situation. And, I mean, look, Draymond has given the team four rings. He's an indispensable part. And the engine and the soul behind why the Warriors have this dynasty going. And so they want to keep the main band the main band. You don't let go of a core member. It's like letting go of, I don't know, John Lennon when the Beatles are at their peak. You, you just don't want to do it because he means so much to the team. So I think that Draymond... There's definitely mutual interest on both sides for, you know, Draymond retiring a warrior. I think with Middleton, though, um, I can see why he would want to leave for another team. But his best chance of winning still remains the Bucks quite easily. I mean, you can look at this year and, you know, try to extrapolate on, you know, if the Bucks are going to be a good team going forward or read into their collapse uh, against the Heat. But... I'm not one of those people that really thinks that, you know, the Bucks are just doomed. I mean, unless there's a significantly bigger contract that the that the Kings can offer, I believe it's in the, in the ballpark of like $30 million a year. Um, I, I don't really foresee Middleton wanting to leave the Bucks because he's in a good situation in, in Milwaukee where he can be a championship player again on that team. I think there's teams that would give him a bag, though, right? Like, I feel like a lot of teams could use Chris Middleton's services, like a Mavericks or a Heat or you know, almost any team, I think, could almost use Chris Middleton and try to because he's a championship prove it, like proven quality player. You don't find level of those level of players. He's the second best player on a championship team, you know? Like, that's hard to find. Just... It's funny because I thought the Mavericks and the Heat were exactly the fits for Draymond as well. Like, I could totally see them going for Draymond, too. The Rockets are apparently the lead candidates for landing Middleton because they have a ton of cap space, and they're just trying to get anyone that they Give can. Give them a max? And That's insanity, dude, bro. That'd be, that'd be They might actually them. do it. They might just throw a max at Middleton. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just depends on what's on the other side of the trade for really either of these two players. You know, what will benefit, if you see any benefit, uh, from either the Warriors or the Bucks side, from letting one of the core members go, and I would definitely say for the Bucks side, right? You know, I think this year for them, I wouldn't really call it like a fluke, but like they, de- their core is definitely still together over there. These are very like their entire like roster could basically be all all stars there. So it's like I can definitely see you know for Chris Middleton's going between the money and you know championship and staying together there. Draymond, it's an interesting well. Draymond, right? As, from the Warriors fans' perspective, we all have the rose-tinted uh, glasses, right? He's gonna. St- we, we definitely want the big three to stay with Warriors for life over there. Um, this is a 
crazy scenario there. I've been thinking more about, you know, that Brooke Lopez fit to, like, the Warriors there. Like, I'm thinking on the lines of, like, would the Warriors ever, you know, thinking all along the lines of making that next big trade, you know, lump that Chris Paul with perhaps a centerpiece like Draymond for maybe two, would basically just for players that would significantly elevate, you know, the Warriors levels, Warriors levels of winning, like, a championship there. I don't know who is more likely to leave, but I can. There could be some really crazy trade offers out there for these stalwarts you would think would never leave that they could ultimately leave an offseason. What if like this. What if Ladaddy calls Draymond? Yeah, no. And See, says ooh. he's why, like, "Hey, I'll, I'll make Rob Plinka give man. you a hundred million three it's years over. right now. You come right here, Draymond's fucking." He is flying first class <laughs> to LA for the daddy. I wouldn't be my son. Think, a championship. Look, Draymond, this is why I believe Draymond's more likely to leave than Middleton because I think the Bucks are going to definitely give Middleton whatever he needs to get. But I think there's a higher chance that the Warriors can lowball Draymond and then he'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go find some, you know, different offer. Because back in the Bl- Myers days, Myers basically just dared, you know, Andre Iguodala. If you can find a contract that's the value that you believe, then we'll match it, and then you can come back, right? And that's how he he tried to find one with the Rockets, and then he did, and then they just matched that offer, and they he signed with the Warriors instead. Like I think it was back in 2018 or something, right before uh, Chris Paul came. So then, like I think it's the exact same thing. I think Draymond's gonna try to find a deal for Draymond, and then see if the Warriors are gonna match it. Like I don't know if he's gonna do it. I don't know if he's gonna hit a hundred million, but I think it's gonna be at least long term. Does do anybody offer Draymond a hundred million? I know I would give Middleton like that's what you said. Like Middleton services, I would pay for for sure, hundred percent of the time. But like, what's the dollar amount to where you're like, okay, Draymond, we will we will as Warrior fans be okay with letting you leave because this is too much. Like thirty million a year. What if he asks for like yeah no forty thirty five or something like. I'd say something like four years, a hundred million. I think that's going to be the ballpark. Like that's what I think is the best for the Warriors. We're still being realistic to Draymond. I think we're. I think with the report, it's like three years is what they're looking. The Draymond's looking for because three years left on Steph's contract, so he can ride Steph's coattails to the end of his career too. If that's the case, then I'd say it's going to be like three years, like eighty something million. You don't think these? I think he wants the hundred dollar, hundred million dollar figure though, right? Like. He posted oh, that God. thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. Three years, a hundred million is a lot of money, but I don't even know what the hell the max is anymore. At this point, like, I don't, I can't tell what it, what's uh, the max. Uh, here's what's gonna happen. This was a segue to the next topic too. Daddy LeBron James summons the call. He summons his loyal, <laughs> his loyal guards, Draymond and Kyrie, to help win him and his son a ring in the next couple years. There, so that sounds like a fucking Kyrie horrible over, team. You know? <laughs> Kyrie Irving and uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie LeBron, Draymond, AD, Kyrie Draymond, LeBron, Draymond. They might as well not have a race. GM or a coach and just let LeBron do anything Kyrie. he wants. Kyrie, Austin Reeves, LeBron. He probably won steps <laughs> last year. Jesus Christ, that's a fucking all his friends what a lineup, last ride. dude. Could you imagine just leaving Draymond and AD open on threes every game and? LeBron's damn near ass at shooting threes too now, and bro, you're just out of guard. <laughs> Kyrie and Austin. Yeah, that's so. You're right. That's so garbage. Actually, that's all horrible. Do you think Kyrie has a market at all? Jeez, I don't think so. Not for the bag that he wants. He needs to go get him like a three-year, hundred million dollar contract. Ain't nobody giving that man the max. He has uh, done absolutely nothing, in my opinion, to deserve a max. You know. Yeah. 
Kyrie's reputation is one of busting your perfectly well or you're busting your team open basically and ruining that that dynamic. You literally better do that with the Mavs now too. Like I feel like they pissed off Luca. Yeah. You know, it's like Luca's exactly. like probably like, damn bro, what the fuck are y'all doing, bro? I'm at this shit too. And it's like, bro, that's what happens when you trade for Kyrie. Everybody else just wants like, damn, what am I doing here with this dude, bro? <laughs> I think it's just Kyrie, his talents obviously, you know, not questioned, but it's just more like uh, I, I, I don't want to sign you to a long-term deal because it seems like every time you do, you know, shit starts to go down. You you think of some reason to not be on the team anymore, and then, you know, we're just like, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, <laughs> like you, don't, you know, it happened really? in Boston. Like, it happened three times already. Like, Cleveland, he just straight up left LeBron in his prime, and then, you know, he was just like, you know what, I want my own team. They sent him to Boston. He had his own team. And, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were rookies. And, you know, he was just like, oh, you know, all of a sudden he's just like, nope, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm just going to go to uh, Brooklyn. And then, you know, all that Brooklyn stuff went down. It's just like, you know, I would never sign him to a long-term deal. Like, it's too much. He's a diva's diva, basically. I think, like, if you, what he needs is, like, I don't know if it's even practical at all. Like, well, no, he's too proud to go to, like, a non-playoff contending team. He wouldn't do it. But, like, you somehow have to, like, let send him somewhere see how he reacts and somehow give him people that he likes but i don't think anyone's gonna give him that leash for and he's not gonna go on yeah, like, where do, yeah exactly where does Kyrie go though like that's like what my question is i don't know if there's a market like any team makes sense for them to go get Kyrie at the price point that he's asking for even in the mavs like i wouldn't like i know they real they kind of really want him back and they kind of have to show Luca that we're trying to do something here because it's not like they're doing making any other moves anywhere else on their team. So they have to like basically like say, hey, you're you and Kyrie, and we're gonna build around you too. You know, like but that's so bad for them too. Like it's horrible. Like what is it, what is that? Like you know, Luca and Kyrie. Like that's a like great on two K, but you know that's not how we play real life basketball, right? Like this is I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Like what team gets Kyrie and like let's do it you know like they feel like like that you know it's just period a of uh, Kyrie's career is it'd over it'd have to be it'd have to basically be just like oh you know or he either gets a bag or he just you know stays on a winning team for like one year right so either he's going to the Maverick or the Magic like that's it there's no there's no other thing <laughs> you don't think there's like a you realistic chance he goes to the Lakers I have no idea how the Lakers financials are I'm that, sure if they had the ability to do that, they would. They do have the ability, um, but they do require them to not bring back you no know, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt, next year Rui probably, or something like that. You know, where like the new CBA kind of screws them. Well, they already have their two max no, contracts think... and shit. So, I mean, technically they could get Kyrie, but it's one of those teams where they're going to end up having like the Suns 2.0, both 39, 38 year olds, and doing yeah, like a 70 man year old body. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Won. I don't think, and you know, so I'm saying, no team makes sense for like Kyrie makes sense if like I'm getting him for like twenty million, like if I'm getting him for twenty five million at most, you know, like that makes total sense. I was like, oh yeah, we can definitely just have him be our point guard. But then he's also not just like that type of player where he's gonna, I feel like, accept that type of role yet. You know, I feel like he still thinks he's like, like that point guard that you know was going neck to neck with Steph. No, that's not you anymore, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know which team has this situation, but maybe like a middling, like, or not middling, but like a borderline playoff contender type team that has a need for a point guard. Like or a, a guard do you think he could make any sense of like Milwaukee? Exists. 
No, I I think no, he's a. That means Chicago. He's going to the be a bull. <laughs> That's the type of team he's gonna be on. You're right, bro. The Bulls are like yeah. the fucking some irrelevant like team that has no interest in like Minnesota. I don't know. Does Hawks have a need? Maybe? No, Trey Young, Deontay. Oh wait, Trey Young's so. that roller. Right? Yeah. No, 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 no shot. No, I think I mean the the team you described was Chicago. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's, like you like, get, get rid of credit now. We said it first. <laughs> that's horrible, bro. I feel bad for Kyrie. He should just retire. I feel like some players should try to like retire. Some players, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Like, like this is this is serious. This is like I feel some players should just retire with grace. And then rather than like, like even like Chris Paul is still like I feel like his career is still going a little gracefully. Like this Kyrie is gonna get ugly very very fast. You know what I mean? Like it's like gonna be like some Russell Westbrook shit. You know, like where it's like, dude, like. You're just imploding teams. Like, you're making them significantly worse in terms of just they have no depth after they trade for you. You're asking for a lot of money. You're a headache. You're this and that. Like, I wouldn't say Russ is that bad in terms of headache, but he was a horrible basketball fit, you know, for a lot of teams. And it's the same thing with Kyrie. Like, just retire gracefully and people will still, like, love you and be like, Kyrie, he's such a great – he retired after, you know, the – couple bad years at the end of his career but most of the Kyrie's career was great if Kyrie signs like a four-year contract all four of those years are going to be horrible that's the same thing when Russ signed that contract it was like every single year that contract was horrible like that's going to be the same thing for Kyrie like he could be productive but your teams aren't going to win you're going to get a lot of negative connotation towards your name and a lot of you know hate in that sense as well I mean it's unfortunate but you're asking for $40 million. You're not a $40 million player, right? Like, But that's just the current quote-unquote market. So you're going to get it from someone. And then that's like I said with Russ. Someone gave him that $40 million And now, the, you know, Houston Rockets or was it? You know, like it's like dude, just stupid. It doesn't make any sense, right? Like let's be realistic and like, you know, just either retire or accept less money or different role. But, you know, most players don't do that when they're superstars and they're coming down. I mean. I only I only disagree with the fact that I think that the only thing that's saving Kyrie Irving's reputation right now is his play on the court, like that's all. And you know, obviously get the bag. Like I wouldn't retire. I would just if someone's gonna offer me one million, of course I'm gonna take one million dollars. I don't know if Kyrie's like, God, like can you imagine like just rejecting like a two three million dollar contract? Like I don't know. It's not like he has Nike money anymore, right? So it's just like. He, you just get the money where you can right now. And obviously, you know, I feel like the only thing that's saving his reputation right now is if he plays better and people are going to overlook all the other stuff. But, you know, that's just how I think about it. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, free agency is about a week away. I'm sure that, you know, even though our predictions are, you know, fairly consistent, like everyone's going to stay, there's going to be something that's going to shake up this league. What's everybody's, like, is. boldest prediction? One prediction. I think Dame goes to Miami. Ooh, I think Dame goes to Miami. One. Dude, I'm really liking that, like, Kyrie to, like, a Chicago or maybe, like, a Pelicans. I don't know. To some team like that, that's that middling category. Pelicans would be crazy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what if he went, what if they trade Zion for him? Oh my god. Dude, what the fuck? I think that's my pick. I think that Zion goes this off season. Damn, that's what I was thinking about saying too. Viv was say I think Zion is a he's gonzo, man. Or I'll I'll try to think of something else though. I, I think uh But honestly that's not even that bold of a take after the whole I think that's still situation. pretty bold. I don't, okay, no, I don't get it. I don't get what maybe I'm not like in the loop. All I've seen is just, you know, Mariah Mills is like 
talking <laughs> about him like like 24 7 but like what did he do like, wait did i know he like, a tattoo yeah dude like i like <laughs> that's okay. so crazy he 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 knocked up well i don't know if he knocked up mariah mills or like he had some extramarital thing or he's cheating on him but like is that really what the pelicans like is there something else because i, I, mean, I think they're also like, just kind of like mariah was there, the like side that. piece yeah, she was the side piece. I'm she was the side. Piece I think they're just sick sure. of it. Like, they're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, you know, it's like you're not you're not playing basketball. You're over here and hitting up these fucking thoughts and just fucking hitting them literally. Just and he's like, not part of the team. Yeah, like CJ McCollum was even like, I don't even see Zion around after Zion got injured. Like the dude just doesn't show up. He's spending way more time trying to like chase tail um, then actually chase a ring that's the okay. way it's been going for zion williamson so that's what it is yeah okay because i was just like okay. i mean they're there's, like, there's are they really and not also like the injury Mariah history yeah <laughs> yeah obviously availability's been a concern for him so yeah that's a that's i'm, a, I'm just gonna take that as my bold take i'm gonna be are gonna hold hands as co-warrior fans now and we're gonna have the same take <laughs> and wow. the christopher fans am i right the camaraderie is already really strong. God, can tell. it's gonna work gonna out, guys. It's, it, it, you know, <laughs> this is the first topic we covered, so we're not to you know talk about it again. But as we close off today, you know, I want to say that uh, I really think it's gonna work, guys, and I think we're in for a great uh, experience with the oh, all God. of us being on the same side. Yeah. I can't believe we're saying we now. That you, so we crazy. as in me, Matt, Bryant, Viv. And all of Dub Nation. We're, we're all, all, all of Dub really, Nation. All of Dub Nation. <laughs> we're all Dub one Nation. now together. We in this. We're all literally, we're <laughs> all in this together, guys. We in this. It's sweet. Hey, Beautiful. Hey, either either we win a title next year or CP3. He is fucking gone. Yeah. Like, it's just like, whatever. We we win either way, right? At least, you know. He's in a winner <laughs> ring, man. I think, I think we're going we're gonna to do it, guys. God damn. I'm ready for our predictions. Well, God, this perfect union... This episode is ended by this perfect union. You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and you know, to see all of our episodes, you could see what the rivalry was like before, you know, Chris Paul went to the Warriors. Um, you can also follow our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook to stay up to date on the latest and greatest of our sports take. Our Twitter is at Pay Council. Our uh, Instagram is sports underscore council. That'll do it, guys. We're gonna end on a very happy note, and, and uh, now if me. Chris Paul gets treated next week, then you know, oh well, all bets are off. Right, right. And for at least to this, uh, this episode, here. me and Viv are gonna kiss, and we're gonna consult the marriage here. <laughs> are we gonna French, bro? Which we already have our, our honeymoon plan for Bali. So, catch Brian, are you Brian? Are you the officiant, or am I the officiant? I think I'm the officiant. You can be right? the officiant to pass. Yeah, you're the, the witness. I think you're the witness. I am the yeah. witness. This is court, man. All right. This is sports think... council. This is the court. That's, oh, that's true. That's true. All right. I wish I had my gavel here. But, you know, I declare you guys married. All right. See you guys next time. See you.